Well, friends, welcome back to our series, How to Start and Run a Successful Painting Business. This is episode two. So this episode, we talk about you decided that you're going to be self-employed. What is the next step to set yourself up for success? Chris, what do you think? There's a ton of steps, but we'll focus on a few. First, you want to create an identity of who you are and what you're doing. And then you really want to check your state's regulations because they're very wildly different throughout the country of, you know, what you need for running a small business, you know, setting it up. You do have to register most of the times with the state. Sometimes you don't. If you want to get your name legally, you have to go to the Small Business Administration or the Department of State to get your name legally registered with them. So, so you have that true identity. There's also insurance. You have to decide whether you want to be, you know, an LLC, an S-Corp, a corporation, a partnership, all that fun stuff. So that's a ton. But let's start with something simple. After you get your identity, you get your name set up. You know, Brandon, I just made a whole list of things. Is there anything else that you, that I'm missing in there that we should be adding? Yes, I think one of the big things too that you need to consider with regards to your name, you did a beautiful job mentioning that you need to be registered, but also make sure your domain name is available so that way you can secure your website. Even if for whatever reason you choose not to use a website, which I don't know why, but let's just say you want one. If you want ABC Painting, right? Let's just say that's the name of your company. Well, what if there's a guy in Illinois that has ABC Painting? Well, now if you name your company that, and then people go and they type ABC Painting because they're looking for you in your area, well, now that guy's going to pop up. It's really important that you make sure that you secure that as well. How many different names did we go through for this podcast that we had really fun names and then went to the domain and went, oh, well, that's somebody else already has that. Or, oh, somebody else has that one. So it was surprising. Yeah. <laughs> it was surprising. <laughs> it was really amazing. But yeah, then, and that goes to creating that identity. So you still want to be able to make it your own, but also, like you said, you don't want to make it your own in Minnesota where we are when somebody else in Illinois has already established that unless you want to ride their coattails, which isn't the worst thing in the world, but there, you want to have your own separate identity and having your own web presence is definitely a way to do it. As you've seen with all of our other videos, when people have those before and after shots, you can tell your customers, oh, go to my website. You can see my work and that will help sell your business and make your business look that much better and more reputable. That's right. And what you're doing is you're creating a brand. That's what you're creating. And you know, you might think, well, I'm just starting out. I, I don't know. Well, I'm going to tell you what, you need to be thinking five years ahead. If you're going to go into this and you're going to be self-employed and do the work, secure your brand is what you need to do. And so you should own your domain name, make sure you go, you know, create whatever TikTok, Instagram, Facebook page or whatever. So that way you're able to connect and communicate with your audience. I agree. And there are business plan templates that you can get that will help you project things out over the next five years. And you want to always be thinking about the future. That doesn't mean you have to do everything all at once. You know, you can start with just the website or you can start with just a Facebook page or just the Instagram and, you know, take small steps to it, but just know that you're going to want to be expanding it. Starting with that identity and that brand is the best way to do it because then that will allow you to just build everything from that point. Yes. And then the, the next step then would be, I would say, well, you need to consider your insurance. So you have your name because you can't, 
really insure something that doesn't really have a name. So, uh, so then of course you have a conversation then with your insurance company. There's a lot of different types of business insurance out there. Now, I'll say for me, now again, I live in Minnesota, so things are, could be very different than where they are by you. I technically do not have a painter's insurance policy. It turns out I have a handyman policy, which allows me to do things like, you know, general carpentry work and, you know, I can do flooring or whatever. Not that I necessarily do that in my business. I do general carpentry, you know, fix a few things for people, but at least then I know that I'm covered insurance wise. So it's good to ask those questions and not think, oh, I'm a painter. I must have a painter's policy, right? Maybe there's something else that could help you and a good insurance agent would be helpful there. Yeah. And even some of the stuff that I've read is just a general liability insurance will help cover so much. Again, go back and look at our videos and watch people falling off, you know, paint going down roofs, paint going across carpet, all of that stuff. You want to be covered so that you have something to bolster you. Because otherwise, if you're not covered in under insurance, that all comes out of your pocket. And that's a good, quick way to sink your business. Also, I've been getting it more over the past five years than I had in the first, first 15 years of the business that people are asking, well, is this person insured? You know, is this person insured? And I always say, well, honestly, I don't know. You'll have, that's a conversation that you have with your painter that, well, should I have somebody who is insured? We do recommend it because again, accidents happen and you want to be able to not bankrupt the painter because it's an accident but you also want to be able to protect your home and protect their business as well. That's right. In fact, he, just this week I had, uh, I have a, a project I'm gonna be starting probably next week and they asked for a proof of insurance. So that's what they asked for. It doesn't happen too often, but like you said, in the last couple of years, people seem to be asking those questions more so, which I'm totally fine with because I'm well insured, right? That's good. But you know, then there's other insurances like you know, bonding insurance or, you know, workman's comp or whatever, and all those types of things, some are not necessary, but you'll have to check uh, with your insurance agent because they'll know what needs to happen for each state. Different insurance will come as your business grows and changes and evolves as well, uh, you know, like workman's comp. If it's just you doing all the stuff, you don't need workman's comp, essentially, because you, if you're not working, you're not getting paid unless you somehow figure out a way to pay yourself when you're not working, which if you do that, let us know. We've got you know, a lot of people who are interested in it. You know, so those types of things you don't need right away. And then also as you get on bigger, different size projects, you're, you'll have to grow your liability insurance and do different things. So that conversation of having, like you said, a good insurance agent to work with, and you know, that'll go on to some other things of utilizing that network of partners to help grow your business. You don't have to do this all on your own. There's so many resources out there that you can rely on. Your insurance agent is one of them. Absolutely. So once you get that taken care of, now you're legit, you're covered. Now it's time to go to work. Not yet. <laughs> There's still a couple more things that you should do before you get there. And that is also having partnerships with a paint store. So. You're going to walk into a paint store. Chris, why do I need a partnership with a paint store? 
Well, the nice thing is you get somebody like me who, you know, comes out to your job sites and will smile and shake hands and kiss babies and tell you everything you need to know about paint products. Also, the nice thing about partnering with your local paint store is they will give you leads. They will be a lead generation system for you. Once you get to know them, you can leave business cards in there because they have retail customers coming in at all times. The other benefits are if you open up a contractor account or a loyalty account at your local paint store, then you get a better price, which will then save you money and allow you to make more competitive bids. And then most businesses, um, like I work for Hershey's Paint here in Minnesota, our contractor program is set up that not only do you get a discount on products, we track all your purchases. So once you start using job names or PO numbers, it's another source of record keeping for you. And then also you've got somebody that you can call and say, hey, I've got this job. I'm not 100% sure what to use or what to do. And you get that expert feedback. Also, as your business grows, you can get a sales rep who will then come out to those jobs and assist you in answering some of these fun questions of, all right, what are my next steps in growing a business? Or what do I need to do over here on this job? And answer paint, just general paint knowledge questions. So there again, you don't have to know everything. You've got somebody else you can rely on. Exactly. So it's all about those connections, the partnerships. And so you, you can never discount the importance of the local paint store and the paint reps there. I know for myself, I've gotten a lot of leads from paint stores, uh, just people giving out my card, getting a lot of calls from clients that way. Uh, you can buy donuts, buy lunch, maybe have a, a pizza magically appear at said paint store. And that kind of helps uh, people keep your name <laughs> at the front of their mind, which is, is kind of nice too. So there's, there's little tips and tricks that you can do to make sure that you can utilize that relationship the best way possible. And the other nice thing is that as you're in that paint store and you get to be known, you'll run into other painters that you can then network with and you can talk to them about what's going on and how their business is going and get a feel for what's going on in the industry. And also if you get on a job where you're not comfortable doing it or it's bigger than you're expecting it to be, then you've got this other, you don't have to just say no to the work. You can say, I can bring in somebody else and you can allow those partnerships to help grow into a bigger networking all the way across the board, which is good for the entire industry. And everybody likes to know more people. You learn more about bids, you learn more about products, you learn more about just industry trends through that networking. Paint stores are kind of like a, a, a community center for painters, essentially is what it is, right? And a, a lot of times, you know, when I go pick up paint, it's first thing in the morning and it's always the same guys and I can tell you what order they're going to arrive in and what door they're going to come through. Some come to the back, some come to the front and you get to know the guys and you, Hey, how you doing? You know, type thing, what you're working on today. And you know, so those types of things really do help. And I've gotten calls from other painters, you know, the first question, you keep them busy. Right. And, and maybe if you're just starting out, you say, no, I'm not, you know, I'm really trying to get my feet under me. And then maybe those guys will help you on. It's a good network and a good community. And you know, to your point about the magic pizza showing up, nobody ever turns down free pizza when it shows up at a paint store, even whether it be the painters or especially the employees, they just eat it. And then yeah, they're more willing to say, oh, you know, Brandon sent a pizza. So we're gonna give out his name a little bit more. You know, bribery goes a long way. It, it really does, it really does. <laughs> but yeah, and then also being in the paint store, not only do you get paint knowledge, but also all the tools. So you know, rollers, brushes, things like that. You will see those. And then the vendor reps that come into the stores, they know typically, all right, in the morning, that's when we see most of the painters in the store. 
you're liable to run into them. So they will then also give you new tricks and new tips and new tools. They might sample you some stuff out, ask you if you want to try some different things or just say, hey, did you hear about this new brush? Or did you hear about, hey, have you ever used a Big Ben roller frame you know, and an 18 inch cover? Have you ever used an extension pole? Like, as you can see, I've got all this stuff behind me. You know, those little things that will then make your job easier or more efficient and allow you to continually grow your business and improve your trade. We can see how helpful it is just to be able to get to know the people at the paint store, get to be able to talk with them, meet the paint rep, hopefully down the line, and just be able to network with the other painters. Well, that wraps up episode two in our series of starting and running your own paint business. So we have more episodes coming. We'll wrap this one up and we'll see you on the next one. As always, thank you for watching and don't forget to like and subscribe.